What is going on, movie lovers? Welcome back to another edition of No Content for Old Men. This is the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. As always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. Thank you so much for, for listening and subscribing and spreading the word. Um, coming to you this week from Chicago, Illinois, so a little different location uh, than usual. And because of that, I uh, was not able to see in the heights i didn't want to watch it on hbo max i wanted to watch it in a theater um and for that reason we're kind of mixing it up doing a little uh something different this week we're going to be taking a look at my favorite movies of all time and inaugurating our first ever no content for old men hall of fame class um which is pretty exciting it's pretty exciting you guys ask me all the time what my favorite movies are so we're going to finally settle that once and for all and then uh hopefully next week we can kind of have a uh, roundup of all the new movies, the Conjuring movie, In the Heights, uh, all the Bo Burnham stand-up special, which is awesome. Uh, we're going to be kind of hitting all of those things. So thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for, again, yeah, listening. Thanks for spreading the word. Um, and you've come to the right place. So let's go ahead and make our first ever Hall of Fame class. Hanging on one wall of my Los Angeles apartment is my answer to the question that inevitably comes anytime someone finds out I watch 200 movies a year. What's your favorite movie of all time, Matt? <laughs> there on that wall, you will find a silhouetted Orson Welles staring down the police in a Vienna sewer. You'll see Gene Kelly stomping through puddles with a giant grin frozen on his face. A portrait of Alexander Hamilton with Lin-Manuel Miranda's face photoshopped on it. The dude, Walter, and Donnie forever drinking in exasperation. A promotional poster for Seb's Jazz Club. A Rolling Stone magazine cover featuring up-and-coming band Stillwater. An impressionist painting of Bill Murray in iconic blue jumpsuit and orange beanie. And a cheap, cheap hotel painting offering respite to John Turturro's writing block. Can you guess the movie's referenced above? Answers will be at the bottom. Anyway, these movies represented here on that wall form my own personal wall of fame, a pseudo-shrine to my cinephilia and an inescapable conversation starter. I've always been careful in conversations with others to differentiate between the best movies of all time, those objective masterpieces representing the highest achievements of the art form, and my favorite movies of all time. The following are my personal favorites, the movies I treat myself to a rewatch of at least once per year and love more and more each time. My wall mosaic is an incomplete and ever-changing property, so for posterity's sake, I thought it would make sense to inaugurate the first official Hall of Fame class in this newsletter's history. So, without further ado, here are your inductees in no particular order. First up, it's The Third Man, which is currently only streaming on Criterion Channel, although it does seem to get passed along and around quite a bit. It's not just my favorite movie of all time, but a legitimate contender for greatest movie ever made. As I've said dozens of times in this newsletter, anyone willing to overcome the 1951 release date will be treated to a noir thriller paced to hold up to modern audiences. Story, production, and acting form a perfect alchemy in post-World War II Vienna. Next up, Almost Famous, which is streaming on Paramount+. 
Definitely the movie that hits closest to home for me, about a teenage journalist in the 1970s who follows a rock band on the road for Rolling Stone magazine. An autobiographical story about the young life of writer-director Cameron Crowe. So many moments from this movie are burned into my permanent memory. Next up, we got Swingers, which is streaming on HBO Max and Hulu, probably the movie I've seen the most amount of times, existing at the absolute pinnacle of entertaining, easy watching, and sentimental life experience. A young Vince Vaughn and John Favreau tell semi-autobiographic stories of struggling young actors chasing women and their own identities in grimy, ultra-cool 90s Los Angeles. Then we got Francis Ha, which is streaming on Showtime and the Criterion Channel. And this movie is is probably the one that speaks to my soul more than any other. Greta Gerwig stars and contributes her keen emotional insights to Noah Baumbach's razor-sharp storytelling following a young woman in New York City going through a quarter-life crisis. The bittersweet journey through personal and professional triumph and trial will make you laugh, cry, and take all the breath out of your lungs. On a completely different note, we've got The Big Lebowski, which is currently streaming on Netflix. The Coen brothers are my favorite filmmakers, and it was torture picking just one of their movies for this list. Inside Lewin Davis is actually probably my favorite of their movies, but in the nature of rewatchability, nothing beats this Jeff Bridges-led stoner comedy that gets exponentially better each time you revisit it. And next we got Moneyball, which is uh, streaming now on Showtime, and it's the best sports movie of all time by a mile. Aaron Sorkin and Steve Zalian tag team an incredible script that maximizes the drama and emotion around the real-life story of baseball's analytics revolution. Brad Pitt, who stars, he plays uh, jock-turned-GM Billy Bean and honestly is just one of the greatest casting choices in movie history. Not sure anyone has ever looked quite so good in a jumpsuit. <laughs> uh, next up, we got my romantic comedy pick, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which you can only find on premium video on demand, so you're going to have to pay a couple bucks for it. But it was really difficult for me to pick my favorite romantic comedy for this list. But ultimately, I had to leave behind Casablanca and 500 Days of Summer in order to reward what I think, in my personal opinion, is the greatest screenplay ever written. Jim Carrey and Kate Winslet are the avatars of this reality-bending adventure from the one-of-a-kind mind of Charlie Kaufman. And last but not least, drumroll please, it's A Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, which again is only streaming on premium video on demand. Again, honorable mention to Wes Anderson's other gems like the Grand Budapest Hotel, the Royal Tenenbaums, or Moonrise Kingdom, but the one I really crave rewatching has always been the delightfully odd character study of Bill Murray's aquatic documentarian. The production is exquisitely kitsch in Wes Anderson fashion, and the writing is super clever coming from the mouths of a stacked supporting cast. So A Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou is definitely another one you gotta check out. And now, a special dispatch from this podcast's official Bad Movie correspondent, Justin Birnbaum, who I am uh, visiting with here in Chicago. And every time I see him, he always tries to get me to watch some movie that we both know is probably going to be terrible. (laughs) And this uh, dispatch is focusing on The Time Machine. (laughs) 
2002 movie starring Guy Pierce. Here is what Justin says in his recommendation for you all. So if you like bad movies, uh, here's what Justin says for you guys. Here we go. Just as one of the great philosophers of our generation asked, Cher, what if we could turn back time? <laughs> I've long thought about that question, which is the subject of this adaptation from the classic H.G. Wells novel into the 2002 sci-fi thriller, The Time Machine. After the death of his fiance, Guy Pierce's Dr. Alexander Hartigan, Hartigan <laughs> becomes hell-bent on rewriting the hands of fate and invents time travel. It just goes to show you that anything can be accomplished with a little elbow grease and can-do attitude. What ensues is a painful lesson in quantum dynamics that can be simplified to the idea that you can't fight fate. The highlights? Holographic librarians and exploding moon in an uninhabitable earth. My favorite part, after Pierce inadvertently travels roughly a million years into the future, is that humanity has completely started over and split down two evolutionary paths. One lives in a cliff-based habitats attached to the sides of what used to be Manhattan. I imagine the rents declined in price over the years. And the other descended from those who fled underground when the moon exploded and eventually became mindless barbarians ruled by a telepathic alpha male called the Uber Morlock, which Wikipedia says helped the Morlocks balance breeding and eating other humans. So, if you're in the mood for an apocalyptic sci-fi drama, you should probably look elsewhere. But if you're one of the four people on planet Earth that claim Guy Pierce as their favorite character actor, or their favorite actor, or you've lost access to every other option, this one's for you. <laughs> so that was Justin Birnbaum with his bad movie recommendation, The Time Machine. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's show. As always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate you passing along the word on this podcast to someone else who might be interested in, you know, late reviews, of the latest movies and streaming suggestions for your weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I always love hearing from you guys. What are you guys watching? What should I be watching? Get in touch with me at Mr. Matt Craig on Twitter or through my newsletter, which you can find at mattcraig.substack.com. Until next week, I can't wait to watch In the Heights, but I guess I'll see you at the movies. <laughs>